you can tell I don't have a kid yet. Uh, I'm over here trying to tell the two-year-old not to be loud, you know. Um, good luck with that, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I find it amazing that even um, those kids, they were singing these songs, and they really didn't know what they were singing, but they were still singing something, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's amazing to me, even in that, I, I personally believe that even though they had no idea what they were singing, it was still glorified to God somehow because uh, he knew their heart and he knew what was going on. But I'm excited this morning about um, opening them back up in um, Advent this morning, um, looking at it again as we looked at it last week. Um, my, my iPad freaked out on me. Um, this morning, uh, what we, last week, what we talked about, and I know I didn't have the candle, so I'm going to try to explain it a little bit this morning. As Advent, what you do is you light a candle for each Sunday, uh, four Sundays before uh, Christmas. And the first one is the pink one, which is the, the candle of prophecy. And that's where we talked about the hope of the prophecy of Christ's first and second coming. Uh, this morning, then we're looking at three different aspects of, of, of the prophecy. And the first one this week is going to be the idea of joy, the joy that we have in Christ. And so in a little bit, I'll light both of these candles. And then each week we'll light um, the other ones. And every week we'll light one. And then on our candlelight service, what we're going to do, just to give you a little heads up, is if you didn't know this or not, this right here is where a candlelight service came from. It's because they would do Advent candles, and then over the years, all we've done is done the candlelight service. Um, so this is where it originated from, and on our Wednesday night service, we'll actually have a white candle up here, and that candle represents Christ. And what you do for the, the candlelight service is we'll all light our candle off of the candle of Christ, and the candlelight service is representation of us going out into the world and sharing this with the people around us. Uh, so I'm excited about it because of that. Um, but this morning, as we get ready to look at this again, um, look at the indestructible joy that we have. Um, I want to take a minute and pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now and we thank you so much for this day, God. And we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And I just pray right now as we prepare to look at your word and look at your scripture that you prepared to change our hearts and minds this morning, God, that as we look at Advent, God, and we look at the second week of it, that you prepare us for your word this morning. You prepare us for the message that you have for us, and you prepare us for just the joy that we need to have in you. And this morning, I pray that as we prepare to look at it, God, that we look at it in the light of who you, God, and not in the light of everything else the world is. I just pray that you be with us this morning. You open our hearts and open our minds to your word. In your son's holy name, amen. This morning, um, as we look at this second day, uh, I want to begin by first explaining a little bit about the second, the first day we looked at. We looked at the indestructible hope that we have in Christ. And in that hope we found is that... Um, that when we look at the Old Testament and we look at the last book of the Old Testament, and then we look at Matthew, what we see is there's a four year, hundred year span where there was no communication from God. And that this, this coming of Christ was this hope to a people that had no hope. And we tied that into the fact that we, as humans, we have the same issue that without Christ, we do not have a hope. 
And this morning, as we, the reason that is so important is because when we look at the indestructible joy that we find in Christ's birth, it, it, it swings off the hope that we have. That we have joy because we have hope this morning. Uh, and joy isn't, um, joy isn't this happiness that we would think it is at times. Joy doesn't mean just to be happy. Being joyful and having joy is this idea of being okay with whatever happens. It's, that, it's not that, uh, that we uh, are happy in a moment. It's that we're happy overall because we know that God is in control. And this morning as we look at that and we prepare to go into um, the message, I wanted to first look back at Romans when we looked at Romans this morning that this is an indestructible joy we have. And if you're here this morning like many of us and you've already come to the knowledge of who Christ is in salvation, this morning I want to um, offer this, this message as a as a reminder of the joy that we should not only have in Christ and salvation, but in his second advent. If you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. Romans 5, 12 through 21. Uh, then later on, we're going to look in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Romans 12, 12 through 21. Romans 5, 12 through 21, I'm sorry. Um, this is one that I, I preached on this verse. Um, it was probably three, four months ago, if not longer than that. Um, but this, this verse is a very complicated one, so we're going to read through it, and then I'm just going to sum it up quickly. It says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death resigned, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, whose type of this one has, was to come. But the free gift is not that like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have been grace of God and free gift. The grace of that one man, Christ, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that of one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned, through the, that one man, much more than those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to the justification and life for all men. For as they, by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but the sin increased grace abound all the more, so that the sin reigned in death, and grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That right there is a lot of verses, and it, and it, it kind of runs together, uh, and, it, and it, it almost seems complicated. But really what you see is there's three points he's making here. Really, really there's two points he's making here, and then he explains it even more. Uh, what we see first and foremost is verses 12 through 14. He simply is saying this, that one man's sin equals death. 
And then in verses uh, 15 through 17, he said, one man's righteousness equals life. The message that I preached on this, I don't know if you remember back this far or not, but it's when I had my little, the screen up here said one plus one equals zero. Y'all remember my math error that Sunday? That was this message, and the whole premise of it is that because of the sin, because of Adam and the sin that he has committed, we have all committed sin. And because of Adam and the sin that they've committed, and because we have sinned, it has brought forth death. And the reason why this is so important this morning is because that is the biggest issues we have in life. It isn't, um, it isn't paying the bills, it isn't having a good job, it isn't all the, the hard things that I'm going to talk about here in a little while. The biggest issue that we have and that anybody around us has is the fact that we are sinful and falling away from who God is. But this verse, it goes on to explain in 15 through 17, just as one man's Sin has brought forth death, that another man's sin, uh, another man's righteousness has brought life. This morning I wanted to read this because this is so important as we look at the birth of Christ, that this, this Christ, this Savior, the baby that was born thousands of years ago in this time of the year, what we see is that He's the one that has brought righteousness and salvation to us. And this is such an amazing concept because in Adam we had no hope as we discussed last week, that we have no hope because we were sinful and fallen, but because we had no hope, we have no joy. But this morning, if you would, turn with me to Matthew 12, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. When we look at Matthew 2, 1 through 12, we're going to see this story uh, of Christ's uh, a portion of His birth and the coming of Christ. We're going to look at the wise men this morning. And uh, when I think about the wise men, I think about this 400-year span that Christ, that God had not spoken to the people. And when you think about wise men, what do you think of them? You think they're wise, right? It's in their name. Think about a plumber. What does he do? He plums, right? Think about an electrician. He's a, he, he, uh, he deals with electricity. And when you think about the term wise men, you think about someone that is a, a wise individual. And in this time period, the wise men would have been uh, someone that would have known the history of, the, of God and would have known the scripture and whatnot. Um, and so what we see in Matthew 2 is this story of these men that were wise. Uh, believe that or not, that's just the simplicity of it. Um, but when we see this story, we see a hope that we have, that this one man's righteousness, that the hope that we have in salvation through this one man's righteousness is the story that we find in Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Let's read it. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the day of, of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east from, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes, the people he inquired of them, whether Christ would be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For for from you shall be a ruler in whose shepherds the people of Israel. Verse 7. 
Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and asserted from them what time the star had appeared. And they sent to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I may too have come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it went before them until it came to rest over the place the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening the treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they, they departed from their own country by another way. When we look at this story, it's one that we probably read year after year. And it's one that is it's just a simple story. We see this picture of the wise men and they see the star was, was risen and they knew that Christ had been born. And so they were looking for Jesus. They were seeking for this Savior. They were seeking for the King and they make it to Herod. And when they make it to Herod, they ask him, you know, where, where, have you heard of Christ? Where is he at? Um, and Herod, um, all he hears is this king of the Jews. And so Herod is fearful of losing his power. He is afraid of losing control. And so what he does is that he, he sends these wise men and he tells them, look, I, I want to worship this, this king too. Um, but through a dream, the wise men find out that wasn't Herod's intentions. His intentions was to kill Jesus. Um, and so what we see is that they go and they, they, they see a star again and they follow this star. And then they find themselves in the, in the house where Jesus was. And they provide him with three gifts. frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And then they worship him. And then when they leave the house, they don't go back to Herod. They go another way. But a big part of this story that I just left out is found in verse 10. If you would look at it with me. Verse 10 says this. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. See, these wise men, they would have understood what and who Jesus was. They, they had joy when they found where the Savior was. And we see that, right? Their joy didn't end with just rejoicing. Their joy, they provided these three gifts, the Savior, the, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh, and they all had significance, and I'm not going there this morning. But what we see here is that these wise men, when they see this star, they were joyful. That they rejoiced because of who Christ was, and they knew they were about to encounter their Savior. This morning, we are called to have that same joy. Because when we look at Romans chapter um, 5, verses 12 through 21, what we see is that we had a problem. That because of Adam being our representative, because of the sin that he committed, we were all sinful, we were all fallen, we were all uh, doomed for an eternity away from God. But because of this baby that we celebrate during this time of the year, because of who Christ was, we have hope. In him, we have hope and we have joy because of that hope. This morning, the biggest need that we have in our life is salvation through Christ Jesus. First and foremost, that is the largest thing that we will ever deal with. And when we look at the birth of Christ and we look back at what his birth meant, we find hope and joy in that. 
We find hope and joy in this baby that was born in a manger. But this morning, I want us to look at another thing. I want us to look at the second coming of Christ, the second advent of Christ. And last week we read the scripture, and I want to read it again. It's Acts 1, 10 through 11. And it says, And while they were gazing into heaven, he went, Behold, two men standing by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the moment where Christ is talking to his disciples the last time and he's ascending back into heaven uh, and these angels look down at him and they say, men of Galilee, why are you looking down for Christ is going to come just as he left. And this morning what I want us to see is that not only do we have hope in that, but we have joy in the second coming of Christ. And this week as I was preparing this message, um, I'll be honest with you, it hit me, um, I guess it was Thursday. Uh, Sarah's birthday was Thursday, and we, were, we went out and uh, went to Umi's and watched a movie uh, and enjoyed a time together, and we were riding back home, and we were just talking about life and talking about things, and um, I'm not good with dates, if you know me. I don't remember dates. Me and Matt, we, we have this in common. That's why he got married on the day after Summer's birthday. Uh, see, I even remember that. I don't, I don't know what day it was, but I remember that story. Uh, I'm not good with dates, so like the dates failed. I failed to remember the dates and the significant. I remember the significant times, and I remember the pain and the suffering and all that, but I did not remember the date. Um, but as we were talking and um, on three years ago, we got married in 2013, and it was our first year of marriage, it was November the 30th. It was the day before Sarah's birthday. And that's how she reminded me what this date was because she was telling me about the day before and how it hit her. Um, but I've told this story many of times here at the church, uh, but it really hit me this week, and I want to use it and another as an example. Uh, but on November the 30th uh, of 2013, um, it, was a, it was a bad day. Uh, it was. It was um, that was a good day for Auburn fans. It was a bad day for Alabama fans. Um, but that was the day of the Iron Bowl three years ago. Uh, and this isn't the significance of my story. I'm going to explain that in a little bit. Um, but it was the Iron Bowl day, uh, and that was the day that Alabama lost by one second. Y'all remember that day? Um, that day we had a youth event when I was a youth pastor at Stancil. Uh, we were having a youth event that day, and we were going to go to a, a couple's in the church's house, and all the youth was going to watch the Iron Bowl together, and we were going to grill out and uh, have a good time and there was this little girl named Kaylee that was in the youth group. Kaylee, um, I, I had texted her that evening to see if she was coming because we all met at the church. Then we drove to their house, um, and she was telling me that she wasn't going to be able to come, that her and her mom and sister was going to go watch a movie. And so, you know, I said, okay, I understand. And, I, you know, I, I mean, that was fine. Um, and so we all, we all get together. We go, and uh, we watch the game, and we eat. We have a good time, and... Uh, I remember that day for multiple reasons. One of them is, um, and the Alabama losing that day didn't bother me. Um, I'll just be honest with you, because that day I was able to share Christ with a kid, a guy that I knew who was about 15 years old at the time, and he came to know Jesus that day. And I was joyful. I was happy. And even though Alabama lost with a second left, I didn't even get to watch that play, if you want to know the truth. I watched a replay, because I was 
leading this guy to Christ in this moment. And um, I was joyful and I was happy. Um, but then I got home that evening after taking all the kids home and uh, getting everything settled, everything cleaned up. And we got all the kids home and, uh, and I got a text message. And it was about a, um, a wreck in between Carrollton and Gordo on one of the dirt roads. And three, three people had died, two young girls and a mother. And um, I called a friend of mine that was a cop in Gordo and um, I heard it was Kaylee. And um, so I called a friend of mine that was a cop there and, um, I, and he wouldn't tell me at first. And I just told him um, to Shane. I said, man, uh, I think it was somebody in my youth. If I tell you the name, could you tell me if that was them? And he did. He told me who it was and that was her. That day, uh, three years ago on November the 30th, one of our youth and her little sister that was in the children's and her mom died in a car wreck. I think of that day so close to this time of the year and I ask myself, how do we have joy in those moments? Then, um, once again, not good with dates, me and Sarah was talking that day and she reminded me about her mom's passing. Her grandmother passed December 18th of 2015, last year. She died 18th, the November, December the 18th. Um, literally a week before Christmas. Um, don't feel like it's been that long ago. And I was thinking about Mama and, you know, how much influence she had in Sarah's life and how important she was. And, um, and I think about the little things now. I think about that, if y'all seen me drive that Buick or whatever it's called, that was Mama's car. So when we drive that car, it reminds me of her. Uh, but also, if you've been to my house, there's a little yellow bench on the front porch that's little crooked. Her mama and Sarah built that. I think Sarah built the crooked part. Don't tell her I said that. Um, then if you've been in my house, I have a coffee bar. Uh, if you know me, I like coffee, so I have it all by itself. And her mama built that for us. And I think about these times, and it reminds me of her, and it reminds me of you know, the sadness that me and Sarah feel in, in this time of the year because of both of these losses. And I, and I was asking myself, you know, how do we have joy in these moments? How do we have joys in the moments where we lose loved ones or even in other issues of life where maybe we can't do what we want to do this time of the year? Maybe we can't buy the gifts because we don't have the money. Maybe we can't uh, afford things. Maybe we have difficulties that, that is just personal to us that nobody else knows about. How do we hold on to this? And I was thinking about these two circumstances directly. And I was thinking about Kaylee. On November the 20th, 10 days before she died in this car wreck, I was able, able to share Christ with her and lead her to Christ. She had come to know the Lord 10 days before she died. Then I think about Maul Maul, and I think about the life she lived and the example to, of Christ, who she was. And, um, and then I think about how she lived with Paul Paul for so long and how that had to be a woman of God. But um, I think about these and I look at their life and I see that they found this joy in Christ in their life. And it's a hard thing for me to understand. It's a hard thing for us to comprehend. And I still don't. And I don't think I ever will. You know, why does a 13-year-old that had just come to know Christ die? Why does a woman that we love so much die? Why, why is this pain and this sorrow? Why does all of these things happen in life? We don't know the answer. And I know that doesn't sound comforting. Uh, but we don't. We don't know the reason. We don't know the rhyme to it. And we don't know why it happens. But what I can tell you is that we can find joy in the second coming of Christ. 
Because when I think about these two women of God that, that I had an opportunity to know, you know, one day whenever I pass on or Jesus comes back, I will be reconciled with them. That I'll be with them in heaven and rejoice with them for eternity. And this is an amazing concept and this is a hard concept to understand and it is one that we have to remind ourselves of because without this we have no hope. But because of the second coming of Christ, we have the hope when we lose loved ones. Because of the second advent, we have hope when difficulties happen, when we have sickness and pain and sorrow. Because of Christ's second coming, we can find joy in the difficult times. Because one day He'll come. But we'll pass on first. And in those moments, we will have no more pain. No more sorrow, no more heartache, and we will be with our Heavenly Father for eternity. And there's joy in that, to know that this doesn't last forever. There's joy in knowing that no matter what goes on, we still have Christ to hold on to. And the reason why I have messaged, I have called this thing indestructible hope and indestructible joy is because God is the only thing that is indestructible. And when we hold on to his hope, and then when we hold on to his joy, no matter what happens in this life, it is all going to be okay. As Sean and Michelle comes, and Sean, when you get up here, uh, if you would, uh, play real lightly. Uh, but this morning, as, we, as they come, and we're going to light these candles in just a minute, um, I want to ask three questions first. I want to ask three questions to kind of reflect upon as we look at this time. The first one is, do you have that indestructible hope? See, that indestructible hope, that is salvation in Christ, that is that moment where you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you hold on to that hope? The second thing we have, I want you to think about, is do you hold on to that same joy the wise men did? See, these wise men, they, they saw the moment where they would be able to meet their Lord and Savior for the first time. Even in a baby's form, they had joy. They rejoiced with great joy. Do you have that same joy this morning? And then, do you have the joy of the second advent? Do you have the joy of no matter what happens, that, that you can hold on to the fact that God is in control and God is doing something that we don't understand? And that one day pain and suffering will end and we'll be with God forever. Do you hold on to that joy this morning? This morning as we get ready to light this second candle. This candle, it, it represents joy. It represents joy that not only I have, but I pray it's the joy that you have this morning. Because as I light it, I light it in representation of all of us. This morning, do you hold on to this joy? My prayer is that you hold on to the joy of Christ. You hold on to the joy that is offered to that baby, from that baby boy. But before I light it, I want to read Luke 2.10 again. It says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This morning, my prayer is that we celebrate the birth of Christ with great joy. And that we come together as a body of believers. And we understand that we have joy and salvation through Christ. But we also have joy in the second coming. That when difficulty comes, when hard times come, when we lose loved ones, when we, when we go through circumstances we just can't deal with, that we can find joy in who Christ is and the fact that He's coming back for us one day. My prayer is 
once again that we have this joy and I'm going to I want to say something then they're going to start singing but this morning maybe you're here and maybe you don't have that first joy maybe you're not holding on to the joy of salvation I pray that if God's calling you this morning then you respond but second of all maybe this week or maybe I know there's people that have been through stuff this week and I know us as the church has been through stuff and I know everybody has lost the loved ones and they have difficulties this morning, are you holding on to the joy that is offered in Christ through the troubles of this world? My prayer is that if you're not, that after the day you are, that you hold on to the joy that is offered in the second advent. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to talk to somebody beside you, you want to talk to me, you want me to pray with you, whatever the case may be. Maybe you want to sit where you are and pray. Whatever the case may be, I pray that you hold on to the joy of the first and second coming of Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending that baby boy. Thank you for who that baby was to be. Thank you for the 33 years he lived a life to show us how to live. Thank you for the beating and the nails that he took for our name's sake. Thank you for the joy that is offered on a hill of Calvary that we can have hope and salvation and because we have salvation, we can have joy in this world. And God, thank you for coming back for us one day. For, for providing a home that is greater than anything we can ever imagine, God. And I pray that we, as your children, hold on to these joys this morning. And as we go through this Christmas time and this Advent time, God, and we ask ourselves, how do I have hope and how do I have joy when there's so much pain is going on, God? And I pray this is how we do it. We hold on to who you are. We love you and we thank you. In your son's holy name. If you would stand as we sing how deep the Father's love is.